Welcome to Paddle Powwow, your inside look into the world of paddle in Australia and around the world. Welcome to Paddle Powwow. I'm your host, Matt Levy. Thanks for joining us today. As always, we've got a big show ahead of us. We have a little bit of a update on how the Bali trip and the Bali tournament finished. We have all sorts of around the ground activity, uh, including the Albury results for the seniors tournament. Um, Maddie B has been in the lab working through the rankings of the top 10 in Australia, which has just recently been updated. So there's plenty of people who are going to want to hear about that. Uh, we have clubs opening in New Zealand. It's all happening, to be honest. Uh, before we get too much further into the show, I should uh, announce my partner in crime. He's chomping at the bit to say hello. Maddie Burrell, how are you today? I'm great, Maddie. I'm really good and ready for another fantastic action-packed show. It's a little different today. Last time we were sitting in a Bali villa. Let's be honest, we had a couple of drinks and we were just shooting the breeze in about 32 degrees heat. Now I'm in Melbourne. You're up in Byron Bay, which actually isn't that bad when you think about it. Miles of separation, not quite the same vibe or energy, but let's let's do our best. Sounds good. How's the weather down down there in Melbourne? You're Aloha, you're heading off to New Zealand soon, aren't you? I'm heading off to New Zealand in a couple of days. We have uh, a paddle court for Game for Paddle opening up there um, in early November. But yeah, now the weather's no good. So that's probably the best thing for me because I assume that Auckland will be very similar. Okay, what do you want to get into first? I reckon we should have a chat about New Zealand, seeming it's topical all the way down from the All Blacks back to your trip heading in next week. And letting everyone know out there what New Zealand is up to. I mean, we've talked about Australia and all the successes that's taken some time. New Zealand's got a um, an even harsher um, reality when it comes to building standards there, which has has taken has meant that clubs take a little bit longer again to um, come all the way through their process. Um, do you want to walk us through what you know about building technology and and the 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 um, the steps it might take over there? in New Zealand to get through. Plus the weather obviously is another factor as well. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's probably something I can speak on. New Zealand is uh, an interesting space, actually. You say that it's trickier to build and all the rest of it, which which I, I agree, the building standards harder, but the attitudes in New Zealand from Tennis Auckland particularly and, and you know, a lot of the tennis clubs has just been so embracing and, and so you know, easy to get going with potential venues and sites, which is a little different. But to answer your question about about sort of paddle construction over there, well, as you know, Kiwi Paddle have just opened up the first paddle court ever in uh, in New Zealand, uh, just in the last few weeks, really. They had a different take on how to build a paddle court in terms of the base. They actually tried screw piles, which is common in building terms on unstable ground here in, in you know, Melbourne and, and obviously New Zealand. They tried to put screw piles in place of where all the columns were and then mount the columns directly on top. I'm not sure how successful it was because in the end, they built a full slab in addition to the screw piles and, and, it, and it did hamper and slow down the process, but nevertheless, they're up and running. They have the first club and and the the title of you know first club ever in New Zealand. Uh, Game for Paddle are presently in construction at Remuera Racket Club uh, in Auckland. Also, we're just about to put a slab down on top of an existing tennis court, actually, which again is a different take. We're going straight on top of a synthetic grass court 
and we're putting a waffle pod slab uh, in place, which if anyone knows anything about building, that's a polystyrofoam slab through the playing area filled in core field with concrete. And then around the external is just solid concrete, which is where the columns uh, and the bases will be attached to. So we plan to have that court open early November. So within the space of six weeks, New Zealand go from zero courts to two. Um, and I know for a fact that Tennis Auckland are also um, proposing to put four paddle courts in one of their bigger venues uh, probably mid next year. So New Zealand are on the radar. Fantastic. And back to the waffle slab, quick one on that. Do you see that as a big cost saving? If anyone's out there looking at a tennis club right now and thinking, I want to get a paddle club going within the tennis club or near the tennis club, is that one of the cost savings you consider in terms of not having to put full concrete through the whole 200 square metres of paddle court, which is 20 by 10 metres, and instead filling up the middle with what you call the waffle pod slab? You love saying that. I think it is a definite option. Uh, obviously, engineer to engineer and site to site is different. But just, yeah, so again, the the methodology with a waffle pod slab is, is blocks of polystyrofoam, um, which, which are hollow. So in other words, the surface area and the amount of concrete required is much less. It still gets filled in with concrete, but the polystyrofoam, um, sits in place. They're, they're done in house slabs throughout Australia. Uh, I'm not sure about New Zealand, uh, but then the external perimeter still has to be solid concrete. So yeah, I think I think it could be um, definite option to explore. Yeah, right. And there's another group out there too in New Zealand. I think they're called Pacific Paddle. I chat quite regularly with Victoria Victoria Makula, who um, chats to me, and we, we sort of get on really well and, and look at the um, I guess the landscape going forward in New Zealand and how it's different to Australia and how it will unfold. Um, and that's from Paddle New Zealand. And um, we chat about some of the groups out there at the moment and where things could be in a year or two. If you had to, if you had to make a guess in the next year or so, are we talking about three or four clubs and which areas do you think they're going to um, pop up in? I, I know Auckland's a sort of a hotspot if you like, and, the cooler you go, the further south you go, the more warehouses you, you might need to think about rather than canopies because wind and, and cold become factors down down further south, I'd imagine. Yeah, and, and that is a really good point. Is We're a bit untested with New Zealand in terms of the weather, so that, that'll be to be advised. Um, the other thing, I'm only across Auckland, and I can only speak for Auckland really. I, I think there'll be six clubs in Auckland within 12 months. Um, the further down south you go the stricter the building codes too because obviously you know you're getting the earthquakes um down sort of queenstown way as well so yeah a bit, bit of risk factor involved i think in building down there um and obviously there is also that weather piece if you could go indoors you definitely would obviously that punches up your um rentals as well though so look i think it's going to be a really good um you know test and learn for these first couple of clubs and, and just see how it's embraced. Um, and then from there, yeah, you may see canopies, you may see indoor venues, but, but my prediction is six core, six clubs within the next 12 months in New Zealand. So yeah, they're, they're away. What a start. And uh, moving, changing gears quickly here. We had a, um, a great trip in Bali, which should we, should we wrap up on the results of our, 
um, let's call it the crazy koalas, the unofficial seniors training trip over there. We we took on the Indonesian national team and it was a really, really lovely event. And I have to say the, the folk at Jungle Paddle put on a really good experience out there. Alex was the tournament referee. Um, Alex Dominguez, he put an amazing event on. Um, they had press everywhere. Um, they had um, celebrities. They had five or six news outlets, TV outlets, all kicking off Indonesian paddle, basically, which I think was a really good way to start it. And it was really, I was really proud to be an Australian out there at the kickoff of their their journey in Indonesia. And we had a, we had a fun tournament in the back of it. It was so good. And, and I don't think really most of um, us participants knew how big it was going to be. We, well, me personally, um, I thought there was going to be a bit of training for five days or so, and then we we're going to play a bit of a friendly, um, you know, against Bali and and then the rest of the world and just be a good chance to test ourselves. But um, yeah, particularly getting down there on the day, they had a podium, they had, as you say, they had news, they had celebrities. It was, it was great. It was a really nice um, atmosphere and, and yeah, made you feel pretty special, didn't it? It did. And I guess we ended up having um, eight teams of two men and two teams of two um, ladies. And we also borrowed a rest of the world team for the Aussie team as well to um, beef that up, which was fantastic. And we got the better of the Indonesian teams and all the way across, which was a, a, a really good effort um, from all the all the men and women on, on, the, on the Aussie side. And then we sort of ran into a bit of a, a stop signal when it came to the the rest of the world, and we woke up to the realities of where Australia is on the world stage. We yeah, I think we got three out of ten in total. So yeah, three seven I think was the end result going the way of the rest of the world. And they had some players from all over the world who love being in Indonesia, love being in Bali. What a great place to live as a paddle coach coming out of Spain, for example, or Argentina or Italy. Um, you post yourself over there. You. You, yeah, you get your body in shape every day. Your wellness factor is going through the roof. It's a pretty relaxed environment. And what a lifestyle. And they attract some really good players who, um, frankly, t- taught us a lesson. They did. And, and look, in fairness, we pretty the rest of the world team was pretty much made up with almost every paddle coach in Bali, uh, not to mention our own Tony Pye, who we graciously had on the show the day before, and then he went and did that to us. So, look... <laughs> It was, it was, it was, yeah, look, I, I do want to say, don't forget, it was 11-0 versus Bali, 7-2 the other way versus rest of the world. Yeah, we can hold our um, hats high if you like. Um, but it was a great event, good fun. And I think we'll do that every year because I think it's such a fun thing to do and everyone looked forward to it. Everyone had a good time. Um, didn't cost the earth compared to going overseas into Europe, for example. And it was a really easy flight back into Australia now as well. So a lot of smiles on faces and lots of Instagram stories I've been seeing since about that. So we'll keep that going, I think, going forward. And next year, the reason we did this year is because we don't have the world championships for the seniors this year. I'm not a fan of the word seniors, all vets. I think it really makes us feel like we're super old rather than just a little bit old. For legends or masters would be appropriate, I think, going forward. So I'll be lobbying FIP on that that front to get the names changed for the sake of all of us and all the people we tell we're going to world championships with, with the veterans. But um, yeah, next year, uh, that'll be, we'll have to qualify through um, that Asian, Middle East, Africa region again. Um, so that will be probably in around May, June next year. Then the actual world championships will be as long as we win that, only one spot we get out of the 10, 10 countries there. 
if we do go through that, which we're probably a, a, a good shot at because a lot of our better players have aged well, if you like, and started quite late. Yeah, then we have the, the full World Championships going forward into October, October, I think, next year. And the last one of those became 14th out of the um, 16 teams. So um, we weren't last. And so we have to move that forward, which I think we can. We're aiming for top 10 next time next time around next year. And we have a full a full roster of players um, that are really good now, going all the way through from 35 to 45 to 55 on the male and female side. So we're a real shot at the top 10 now, which is the next goal for us. Yep, awesome. It'd be great to test our skills. Before we move off Bali, as always, I've got to straighten you back up. You, as you know, always working, you went and took a tour of the Bali Paddle Academy, which is under construction, almost finished, and could not stop talking about it. Do you want to just give a, a little synopsis of what you saw? Yeah, if you're an architect and you sat down and compared the best clubs around the world and figured out what would be the perfect club format layout, for example... This pretty much ticks every box you could imagine. So give you a bit of an idea, a center court with a stadium-like feel around it so you can get a couple of thousand people maybe packed in there to watch a big, a big event like the uh, World Cup Championships, for example, um, or a big exhibition matches with some of the pros coming over. So that's ticked. I think it was six other courts, all indoor, all super high 40-meter ceilings. So those of you that know me, I like to lob fairly high and sometimes bump into a roof along the way um, at some of the facilities that are indoor. This 14-metre, like, yeah, you can almost get a rocket ship and shoot a ball up and you wouldn't wouldn't hit the ceiling there. So that's an absolute ripper in terms of that side of it. Also, they've got side, I call aprons around the outside. So that sort of protects sun and wind and rain as well. So it's a fully breathable indoor-outdoor venue there with six courts in there. They've got amazing facilities as well. They've got a wellness facility, ice bars, sauna, hot tubs. They've got a pool, a full functioning pool. They've got a fantastic cafe rolling in there as well. They've got a kid's sort of play area slash mini creche, if you like, to um, drop the kids off, if you like, before you play a game and come on back and everything's, um, you know, the happier than, than when, when you drop them off. So that's fantastic as well from the kid's side. So it They've got almost everything everything conceivable fully covered, basically. Additionally, what part of the market do you think they're going to position themselves in? Um, and, and in terms of the programs they're going to run and everything, it's 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 almost a different take to the jungle paddles and, and island paddles as well. Like it's it won't compete in a way. Yeah, they're looking into groups from overseas, parking themselves there, training blocks for a couple of weeks. Um They've got fantastic coaches there. Some of the coaches that played in the rest of world team uh, sort of stationed out down there in the Bali Paddle Academy now. They've got villas uh, forming on the outside. So you can have a really amazing villa experience. You're still 10 minutes from the beach. You're near all the beautiful restaurants in Changu there as well. Um, you've got rice paddy fields around you, except for I think there's 14 villas or so just being built now as well. So you can literally stay in a beautiful villa with your own plunge pool, getting the incredible service um, that you deserve. And then you nip across a 20-meter walk across the um, road and you're, you're, you're at your own um, purpose-built facility. So it's really – I mean, for example, next time the Aussie team come across there or the Rebel Aussie team, if you like, um, come across any teams traveling, any events, 
they're going to take up a big part of that market, I think. Yeah, and it's all high-end stuff too, isn't it? They're not going after the hit and giggle. They're going after the advanced sort of players. Yeah, that's why it's called the academy, I think, as well. it's. I mean, there's so many clubs that would that would come out from around the world now, whether it's Italy, Finland, Spain, Australia, England, all around the world. You grab your your, your favourite players from the club and do a little tour over there and have an incredible time. It's They've just... They've made it a destination in its own right, and it's uh, uh, with incredible coaches. So you can really work on your work on your surfing and your paddle over there, and um, and it's uh, in a perfect location. So they've nailed it in all aspects. I think. Yeah, geez, I think we could talk about Bali all night. Um, Bali, Bali gets me. Take take me back. We should move on though. On the weekend, there was a seniors tournament um, in Albury. Not not quite Bali, but but Albury. Um, and there was, yeah, a, a, as usual, a lot of lot of good paddle, a lot of fun. I didn't make it to that one. You were there, and again took out the forty fives. Give us the the rundown and and uh, tell us all about it. So first of all, going out to Aubrey was a fantastic experience. Shout out to uh, Rex or the T Rex, as I call them, those planes that have the propellers still going. I felt like I was going back in time, but I frankly enjoyed it more than any other airline. So it was a lovely little airline out there. Um, into Aubrey. I went through Sydney first. We had 32 males and um, 10 females. So 42 in total making an effort to come, to get out to Aubrey, which isn't the easiest place in some cases to get out to. They've got direct flights coming out of Gold Coast now, which is going to be very helpful. And Sydney, Melbourne, I think Melbourne's a three-hour drive and Sydney is a an easy hopper flight, just the way I went from Byron here. Um, it was, a, I've got to say, the service level put on by Erin Pearl and, and her partner Mark um, that own the club out there was very good. They can definitely knock out a very mean Aperol spritz. They were um, selling those like hotcakes out there and um, understandably super oversized uh, glasses, lots of ice, yellow straws and um, pieces of orange stuck in there. And uh, yeah, that was a real experience in its own right. So um, they definitely... Got the right vibe going out there. Great clubhouse and um, really well run tournament all around. Actually, lots of fun. We did we do group stages in the seniors, so um, yeah, two groups of four in the men, um, thirty fives and same in the forty fives, and a group of five I think it was in the uh, female event. I'll run you through the winners if you want, yeah, um, just quickly, okay. Maddie, um, uh, Muffy, uh, Fernando Monji, um, did a, did a great job as usual. Um, with Soli Fernandez took out the 35 plus um, we had one single event in the 35 plus category uh, for females um, they took that out and um, yeah Muffy's a real a real um, favourite at all the tournaments she's lovely personality um, got a fantastic son called David he's the future of Australian paddle um, and these guys really make an effort to come out to all the events so shout out to Muffy obviously there um uh, Mikel Blanco and Kirk Jackson. I want to say narrowly, but they got us pretty good. Actually, took myself out and um, yeah, Jason Wright in the uh, thirty-five plus final. So well can done. I just, can I just pause you for a second there because before the show we spoke about this and and there was a big big strategy in place. You knew what you were going to do. You thought you had them strategically before the start of the match. Give us the rundown. What happened? Look, we got McKelled at the end of the day. Um, McKelled. We got McKelled at the end of the day. And, um, I mean, Kirk Jackson's 
just got into Padel. He's been doing it for maybe a year and a half, I think it is. Very stylish tennis player. You can tell he was um, would have been hit on the tennis circuit. Um, he's well known around the tennis circles. I think coming out of Victoria, Geelong, around those areas. Really, really good. Transferred across really well. Working on his defense a lot now as well. So we thought we'd get him behind Kirk and uh, make him turn a bit on that corner glass being on the ad side. He held up well. He held up under the stress. He can cook up a mean volley. Yeah, you don't want to be directing balls at, at his forehand or backhand volley. He can really crunch those well. And he's got a big smash as well. There was one moment, though, which I would like to refer and focus on just for five seconds, which is Kirk did smack a, a, a kick smash out. I ran out and blindly shut my eyes um, as the wind blew back towards me. I was out of the cage. I'd say 15, 20 feet out of the cage, maybe it was five, I'm not sure. And just hit it back behind my back in for a clean winner, which um, it did set the crowd alight. Yeah, and, I was going to uh, say, did anyone see was, that? Yeah, I'm looking for the video, still if anyone has a video of that. But um, it was real. I wasn't, yep, I wasn't wigging out. And uh, that's the highlight for me anyway, the final. Even though those guys were, were far too good for us, to be honest. Yeah, okay, well done. Uh, and then the 45s, though, you and Rob got the job done. We did, yeah. Rob Daly's fantastic partner and a great bloke, and you work closer with him, obviously, at Game for Paddle as well. He's a lovely, lovely guy and a very, very good paddle player. So, um, yeah, it was a, a pleasure to, to take that one out. So that's three on the trot for you and Rob. You've, you haven't lost one of the seniors' events, 45s. Am I right? That's right. I may as well just hang the boots up now, I think, and uh, call it a day, I would imagine. Okay. Well, it's so, it's going to get for me in this in this in this world of uh, Padel. So I, I yeah. pretty much should um just move on to something else now, maybe. Yeah, we'll just just bask in that moment. Um, so number number one in Australia, we're talking to for the forty fives. So while we're talking about rankings, that was the next little segue to jump into. We said earlier in the show that you were going to announce the top ten rankings of uh, that have just recently been updated um, of the Aussie men and women. Yep. This is for the open event, let's call it. So not the seniors 35 plus yep. filter on. Yes. I've got the men's and women's and it's uh, we'll be popping them up on the Ozpada website, um, Instagram, et cetera, in the next uh, day or two. But um, so when this comes out, it should be coming up at the same time. So let's go through the female division first, if you like. Um, one, Lexi Daly. Uh, at the same time with Sarah Moranti, so they're both equal first. Then we've got Constanza Cocorellis um, coming in third there. Patricia Garcia coming in fourth, who's the coach out there in uh, indoor paddle in Sydney. Um, Sonia Balak, who's a fantastic tennis player, um, comes in there in fifth. Um, Irene Sanchez comes in sixth. Albert has now left the country, holds on in seventh. Albert Ortega, Gemma, Petersworld, who's come along a long way recently out of Queensland, Paddle Gold Coast, doing well there. Then Pascal, then who's out of, again, coaching indoor paddle. And that's either 10. I've got 11 here, with his, which is uh, Jess Brachy too. So um, Jess, another player out of indoor paddle in Sydney. So they're the top um, women going into the final event in Perth, which is on November the 3rd to the 5th. It's a limited event. We're across two courts there only uh, at Paddle West. We look forward to uh, that being updated one more level after that. Um, I don't think 
Lexi and Sarah can be caught under any scenario there. I've done the full maths and haven't had Rain Man come and run through the, the mathematics with me. But, yeah, we have to take out one event and add, add another one in there um, and see where that all winds up. But I think it's almost un unassailable, the uh, lead there with Lexi and Sarah. Okay. Look, looking through those um, results and those rankings, they all ring pretty true for me. Probably the one sort of mover that I think this time next year would be Pascal. She was sitting at number nine. What do you reckon she'll be sitting at next year? Yeah, well, it depends. Partnering up is a really important part of all this because you get the seedings um, if you pick a good partner and also, um, yeah, you get a better chance of, of going north. But um, Pascal and Patricia played a bit um, already. And um, depending on the partnerships, I can see both those two, um, yeah, pushing up north again. Constanz has been in the top ranking spot year after year after year, um, and now the top three still. And Lexi and Sarah are up there again. So if Constanza um, partners in with Patricia, for example, um, that they always end up in a in a in a really big battle with uh, with Lexi and Sarah. So they're the top four um ladies and um you'd expect them to be battling that out into next year as well yeah interesting uh okay let's talk about the men what have you got well let's run through the top uh 10 men um we've got number one dominic bechard doms out of um paddle gold coast but a perth boy originally um and he's going over to perth he's on four thousand points then we've got Roscoe Taylor um, at a Paddle Gold Coast and also the owner of Paddle Gold Coast. Some would say unfair advantage being the owner out there. They've just plugged in at two extra courts. So they're now, they'll be rolling at six courts in about a week or two's time, I think. They're up and running there. So well done, Roscoe. Shout out to you there. Um, I think uh, I had a little chat to Roscoe today about this. Um, and I know Tim Brown, who's in, in third place right now, is having a think about the mathematics of it all too. They're all out there playing in um, in Perth, as is Sam Asherton, who's coming in fourth. And those four players, I, those three can't get to Dom, I don't think. Um, I, we have to, there is a bit of an X factor, though. Tim's overseas right now and missed the last tournament or two. He's been hunting points um, overseas. And we do have a um, similar to in tennis. We do have a sort of a, a transfer system, if you like, from FIP points, which are points for international events. So Tim's just played at recently a FIP event with Mario Zelba. And Maris was a tennis player that did super well in tennis over the years and converted into Padel. He's now over living in Marbella, which is a, you know, a, 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 a big paddle area as well. Um, and uh, they played a FIP event. They lost recently. They're, they're, they're straight through qualifying thanks to Tim's FIP points coming second last year in our FIP event. And they're into the. Uh, they ran into, unfortunately, a, a a big team that play regularly on the World Paddle Tour and the A One Paddle Tour. They're regular players, and they're um, they're, they're you know you, we're talking you know top top 20, 30 players in the world. And they ran into those guys, and they actually went down narrowly six four three six six four or something like that. Had a really good shot at them, almost got there, which just shows the level of Australia moving the right direction was the key thing there. And, 
And then Tim's actually going and playing a tournament, if not the best, one of the best Japanese players in Turkey, again, a FIP tournament. So again, he'll clean up some points there, I'd imagine, and um, transport those back to the Aussie paddle ranking system. Then if you top off a bit of Perth, win on top of that, he may end up at the top in, in, the, in the top spot again if he wins Perth. So I haven't done the maths on that yet, and we haven't had the, 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 the numbers come in from his second FIP yet. Tim's doing a lot of traveling to get back to this Perth event. He's uh, going over to Spain, then he's going over to um, Turkey, and then, then back to Bali after that, as I understand it, to play in the Asia-Pacific Paddle League as well. So he's doing a lot of traveling around Tim now. And it's really good for the Aussie players to travel overseas and play. And yeah, we don't want to hamstring the Aussie players from doing that in terms of losing points on the Aussie Paddle Tour. They should be getting points on the overseas circuit and bring those back. And that's actually better for Australian Paddle in the first place. The players playing against better players overseas only helps our sport here. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's get back on track. We're at number four. Where's Who's number five? We've got there, Jarek Josuak. Jarek hasn't played the last two tourneys, I don't think. And I don't think he's playing Perth. But um, I know he's playing a lot. He'll come in early next year and start playing at the tournaments again. Pedro Esquiro. Pedro took out the last event at Game for Paddle in Melbourne there at the Docklands. He's in sixth place. Uh, Tim's partner, Andrea Malesi uh, is playing Perth with Tim. He's in seventh spot. He's an Italian who's moved over to Australia. And there's Mikel Blanco again um, in seventh spot. Eighth spot is that. Tony Pye, we talked to last time on the show, Palo Gold Coast coach. He's there. Then we've got Vuk Velicevic. Vuk has now got a job over there in Connecticut. He's in the US and he's got a job out there in a, in a, in a new formed Padel center. It's also got pickleball there. He's playing a fair bit out there. So there's murmurings of him coming back early next year to play a few tournaments in Australia and would love him to. He's an absolute natural talent and a weapon on the court. Um, he hasn't played too many tournaments. He's got one of the best sort of win-loss, win tournaments versus playing tournament ratios. And um, the great to see Vuk coming back here soon. Absolutely. So, okay, there's our, there's our top 10 men's and women's leading into Perth, which is on the 3rd and 4th of November. Am I right? That's it. Yep, that's yep. it. That's the last event of the year um, in terms of the open men's tour. The seniors tour wraps up in the Gold Coast early December. So I think it's the 3rd of December or something like that, the very first weekend in December. And um, Roscoe Taylor is going to put on a, another amazing event out there, I'm sure, with high vibes as usual. It's amazing. And that will tail out another big year of paddle. It's uh, It's gone that quick, hasn't it? It has. It's been a... It's been a long year and a good year. I guess we've had 10 events, six plus four, six open, four seniors. We're looking to find a way next year to bring the juniors into play. Roscoe Taylor did do a, let's call it a, a pilot uh, version of a juniors event. Yeah. I mean, Paddle Gold Coast, Roscoe likes to experiment out there and uh, be a bit of a leader in that market. So we hope to get the juniors team going. Then we'll get a juniors team going in the world championships too. So that's the start of it, getting a, a tour going for the juniors in the background. So we're looking at that next year and looking at a whole lot of really positive change that I can't mention yet for the Aussie Paddle Tour next year because there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of um, options around the world now for paddle players to go and travel with the this new Pacific Paddle League, if you like, and a few other options overseas in Asia and also in, in Europe. So it, in the Middle East, especially as well. So we've got to keep kicking our, our, our home tour forward and making it worthwhile for these guys to um, continue to growing and playing well. Sounds like a um, a good watch this space moment and, and a good spot to end today's show. 
as always, it's been a pleasure. It's been real, Maddie. Can't wait to chat again next month. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Look forward to seeing you all again soon. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.